Live. Live on. Live on set. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of Live on Set. Live on Set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I have on friends, family, and people that I meet along the way. Episode one, sitting with me right now, one of my best friends, Connor Brown. Connor, how's it going? Oh, it's going. What an honor to be here on episode one of Live On Set. I'm interested to see where this podcast takes you, Austin, how it evolves, all that stuff, but I'm, I'm happy to be around for numero uno. Oh, thank you for saying that, and I don't think anyone has heard episode zero yet, but it's coming out soon, and what I want to let you know is you very much, the radio show that we hosted in college together, but what you've what you're doing now, what you've been doing for... I think a little more than two years or just around there now with your podcast, WDW Opinion, has been nothing but an inspiration. I am so happy for your success, and there is no one else I would have considered to be the first guest on Live On Set than yourself. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I have not heard episode zero yet. No one has. Much like a teenage girl writing in your diary, you've kept it very close to the chest, which is which is fine. Which is fine, you know. Uh, but I think I encourage you to, to, to do episode zero, right? You absolutely did. And within <laughs> the first minute and a half, I'm already speechless. So <laughs> no, but... but Diary, that was good. I appreciate your... Um, I appreciate you saying that stuff about, about you know, um, when it comes to my WDW Opinion podcast, which is something that, you know, um, I'm super passionate about with, with Walt Disney World. Um, like I'm a former Disney cast member. I, it's just my favorite place in the entire world. Mm-hmm. We've bonded a lot on on how the way I feel about Walt Disney World, about being in the Disney parks, is, is much the way you feel about being in a movie theater, about um, pop culture. You, you, It's just something you understand. Walt Disney World is very much that for me as well. So I think it totally makes sense for you to embark on this this journey on live on set because it's it's something that you're passionate about talking about you know and then i think you know as a creative outlet um it's going to be really 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 cool so i'm glad that you know wdw opinion could be an inspiration to you and things like that but you know i'm also happy that you brought up the radio show because for both of us i think that that was kind of our first dabble into into the audio medium Oh, absolutely. And I I touched on it a little bit with um, episode zero, but I was a comm major. You were a comm major. Um, That's not how we met, but um, throughout our four years together um, in college, we had the opportunity to be in some classes together, but we also got to host a radio show. And for comm majors, I'm not sure what the process is now for the students there, but we had the choice between a video and a radio practicum. And the radio show that I did with you was the second radio show that I um, had been a part of. I had, um, we hosted Lazy Sundays with Ron and Max uh, from two to four every Sunday, the fall semester of our senior year. But the the semester prior, my junior year spring, I hosted a radio show with Live On Set, the guests for episode two, Henry, your co-host on WDW Opinion, um, a radio show with him as well. And I absolutely loved it. It was able to, um, and a lot of that, like I talked in episode zero, is about kind of my inspiration for kind of getting back um, out there and, and talking and um, committing to uh, a narrative and the content that I'm passionate about. 
and being able to kind of start with a podcast and see how long I can go for. And um, I'm really excited. And it's a testament to your friendship because you and Hank did that practicum when Hank was a senior, when you were a junior. Right. And that semester junior of our junior year, spring, I was studying abroad. I was in Prague. Um, and I was a recurring guest on your uh, radio show. Some would say the reason why people would tune in. Uh, you know, I don't want to say that, but people are saying, you know, President Trump, I, people are saying that's the reason. Of course. And um, uh, yes, I would call in from Prague where it would be late at night. And my whole shtick was every segment with me would end with Vladimir Putin trying to, trying to, you know, bust in my door of course of where i was of um, course i'm fully aware that russia was very far away from prague um it was still very funny so that was my bit but then when i came back i had to do my practicum and i did it in the fall of my senior year right and i thought yeah i think it's going to be a lot more fun and and i'm just gonna have a better time if i go the radio course and I asked you, I'm like, hey, I know you've already taken the class. You've already done the show. Would you still want to do the show with me? Right. Um, and and you said yes, which was, which was great because me being very stupid and not knowing what was going on, I picked the two to four time slot on Sundays because I thought, oh, you're not doing anything on Sundays. Right. You know, but it was the fall semester, so we pretty much missed the prime of all football from the NFL right. on Sundays. No, it's true. And um, for you, for being as big as a, of a fantasy football kind of guy that you are, that was a big, that was a big ask. But you still showed up every single, every single week, um, which was awesome. And it was just cool that you said yes to to the show and stuff. And I think we learned a lot um, during that whole process. No, absolutely. And and I think that the whole to touch on the Connor from Prague. Uh, thing for a second before we kind of keep pushing forward here is the thing that I love the most is um, and I, I talk about in episode zero and I know it's something we also share in terms of similarities as well is like SNL there were so many good impressions you would do so it would be either Nicolas Cage or also oh yeah Bane from from Dark Knight Rises and the Batman mm-hmm. DC comics where you would just give us an update on the weather and you didn't really specify really um, it wasn't really North Carolina. It wasn't really what you were doing with in Prague, but somehow the people loved what it what you were doing for us, and it was a big thing we got to plan around. And for you not only to want to come on the, the radio show and talk about us whenever you possibly could, but also to commit to the time change as well. What you, what you were going through compared kind of what we had to go through as well was a big commitment, so thank you. I think I got to start doing impressions more because um, actually just a couple of weeks ago I did my – Nicholas Cage impression on a, another podcast I was a guest on Whoa. on WDW Radio, what? which is a it's a very very popular oh. uh, Disney podcast, um, and I did my Nick Cage impression and it was it was spot on and I'll give the I'll give the listener a little a little taste of that. Go ahead. You got ask me what what are you gonna do next? So what are you gonna do? <laughs> I know it's coming. I can't wait. So what are you gonna do next? I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Now that, ah, that has jump to... Jump into the cage. <laughs> now, again, like we, I, I explain a lot of my impressions, how I get from A to Z with, with the impressions. Of course. 
my Nick Cage impression is more me impersonating Andy Samberg impersonating Nick Cage. I love it. And that's how I get to 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 Nick Cage. Bane was also a good one. Have not done that one in a while. Um, I need a prop for that, um, which I don't have. So maybe when you have me back on for another episode, I can bring the prop in order to pour properly do the Bane impression. But I love it. Impressions were, were a big deal that I did, which right. was great. I think another thing that was great about the radio show, um, not so much, I really didn't do it as much as with Henry, but something that we did um, for our radio show for Lazy Sundays with Ron and Max, we had a Twitter account that also went along with um, the radio show as well, which was great. And I think I have one with Henry as well. But what I loved about ours is Every week, the conversation was different, and the music that went along with it was different, except for the intro and the closing song each week. So the song would begin with Lazy Sundays, of course, Lonely Island, with Andy Samberg, the holy most Andy Samberg, Mm -hmm. and um, Chris Parnell. And then our each week, our our radio show would end with one of the hottest tracks of all time, Semisonic's Closing Time. Yeah, that's right. But there was so many things like um, for you growing up, like in the D.C., um, Maryland area and me in Orlando, the the music that we listened to, although we are the same age and they came out at the same time, we kind of listened to like all different things. And I love that that show each week, it was a po- it was like a playlist that you would kind of come up with and we would kind of um, push through it and kind of layer that in what it, with whatever our conversation was going to be that day. And there were just so many bands um, that we would listen to and solo artists that are just great and people that I think we still listen to today. I, we try to have as much fun with it as possible, but it was mainly like the hardest part about the radio show was, was okay, what are we going to talk about? Right. And then two, how are we going to fill in the extra time? What are the songs we're going to play? Because you don't realize like how many songs you actually have to pick to fill two hours. Right. So for me, coming up with just an overall theme, it was the easiest thing to do because I'd be like, all right, we're doing Taylor Swift. And I would just crush Taylor Swift songs. You know, that's easy for me. All right, we're doing um, junior year prom. And I just went to like the billboard for for 2010 when we were juniors in high school. And I was like, all right, here's our playlist. Right. Stuff like that. And, you know. Only One Direction songs, whatever it was, boy band classics, you know, stuff like that. Um, it was fun. The people love those. I just, we played nonstop hits, nonstop hits. And it was easy to, you know, formulate the playlist and, and stuff like that. Right. And, and what a legacy, especially One Direction, had on all of us. Now, yeah. When I did, when I talked in the intro and I talked a little bit about kind of like myself and the inspiration behind the podcast, it's not all going to be music. There's other things I want to talk about on this podcast. And in terms of One Direction, and I want to kind of talk about this quick because it's one of the best things I've ever experienced. And it's all tied to One Direction. And it's something that I was just a spectator. I was in the audience. I did not say literally, this. You were literally a I spectator. Was literally a patron. A, yes. Ugh. <clears throat> I was speechless a minute and a half in, and now just you're killing it. This is great. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. So what I want to talk about here for a second, and I had a great experience with the radio show, and I loved it, but I want to talk about One Direction for a second, and I want to talk about it and bring it up um, in terms of sports. And you might think, what is this band or the people that were in it 
have any sort of connection with sports. How are two 27-year-old men going to talk about One Direction and sports? Of Where course. are we going? Where are we going with this? Live on set's going to do it for you. You ready? Groundbreaking. Okay. It's never been done before. So, as I, as I talked in episode zero about the sports that I um, either was fans of growing up or kind of sports I found along the way, one of the sports I talked about was the sport of golf. And for anyone that's a fan of golf, um, I guess it's not only is it a global sport, but it's something that, depending on where you live, you can play it all year long. And when it comes to the majors in golf, um, the Masters, the British Open, the PGA, the U.S. Open, the Masters every year is played at the same course, and that course is Augusta National and Augusta, Georgia. And being able to go and enter the lottery to get tickets is a big deal within itself. But on the birthday before, I think two weeks before we started our senior year of college, we, I called you on my birthday and I said, I just got tickets to the Masters. We are going. It's going to be insane. I cannot wait. Are you in? And you were like, of course, let's do it. Fast. Well, I, I think I said, who, who is this? At first, when when you called me, I was now like, Now that I think this? about it, because I have a really good memory, I don't think I texted you, hey, can you have a minute to talk? I think I just called you. Um, Which is rare for me. I like to schedule things out. It's great. And fast forward July to the following April. April. We are walking the grounds at Augusta National on Wednesday, the day of the par three in the last practice round before the round, the four-day tournament starts um, the next day. And and for me, it was you, my dad, one of our really good family friends, and being able to, the four of us all passionate about the game of golf and being a fan, lifelong fan of the sport, being able to go for myself and go with one of my best friends and you was great, but being able to go with my dad who got me into the game of golf and being able to see him kind of walk around like you would as a kid walking around any sort of store or go to anything is crazy. Yes, the memories that day were fantastic. Yes, the golf we saw was fantastic. And we, we'll get into some stories here in a second. But bringing One Direction back into this. Yeah, please, please do. I would like you, Connor, episode one, live on set. Mm-hmm. Massive inspiration behind the podcast itself. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell the people at home how One Direction and Augusta yeah. National yeah. come into play? Sure. Uh, a couple quick shout outs from that day. You know, pimento cheese sandwich shout out. Shout out. Um, peanut butter and cheese cracker shout out. But that's that's more of an insider story than anything. <clears throat> and um, it was one of the best days uh, ever for me. It w- It's far and away the most beautiful place I've ever been, Augusta National. On TV, the, the, the TV, Jim Nance cannot do it justice unless you are there. The undulation, the rolling hills, the green, like like the color green, um, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And there's just this aura around it, this atmosphere of when you walk in that you know you're somewhere special. Right. Um, it was a fantastic day. Um, we were there for a practice round, um, the last practice round Wednesday. And the significance of the Wednesday practice round is in the morning you can follow around people as they're practicing, you know, on holes one through 18. So we followed Tiger, Jordan Spieth, um, uh, was it Ben Crenshaw? That, yeah, so I wanted, and um, I know we talked about this before, like what are we going to talk about on, on, on episode one? I forgot when we talked 
previously, Ben Crenshaw, that was, I think, the last year he played. That was his last one, yeah. Right. So that was that was. Well, I think it was deal. his last one, but also an anniversary of when he won. Because didn't he win in... I think it was, it might have been 95. Because I think that was the last time he won. I think he'd won twice. Oh, okay. I, I, it might have been his first one. But, so... So that was very, very cool to watch that. But then the the real thing about Wednesday is um, they have a par three course at Augusta. Um, and the Wednesday afternoon is the par three tournament. Right. So anyone who's playing uh, can participate it. Um, former winners, former legends, they can participate in the tournament as well. And the thing that happens is uh, uh, the players during this par three tournament, their caddies are typically their wife, their girlfriend, um, their 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 kids, mm-hmm. their grandkids, um, things like that. So we parked our chairs on on hole four. We said hole four, right? Three or four. Three or four, the green there. First incredible thing that happened was we were – 10 feet away from the the hole and by that i mean we are on the green and right. 10 feet away from us was the cup the pin right. um the greatest golfer of all time jack nicholas came up and uh you know however old he was in, in 2015 right his his uh, uh he hits it hits the green it keeps rolling people start standing up People start cheering. Boom. In the cup. Hole in one. He hit a hole in one on the green we were sitting on. Ten feet away from where we were sitting, Jack Nicholas's ball uh, uh, rolled into the cup. Right. Which was incredible. Right. A once-in-a-lifetime thing. They still show it on ESPN like every year. All the time. All the time. And we remember in 2015 when Jack uh, hit a hole-in-one here. Right. And you can just barely see us on the camera. And his... Unreal. And his Unreal. And his group, I know after like Arnold Palmer passed away and towards the end of his life, because he was still living at the time... He, he was still living, but he was not playing in the tournament. He was not playing in the tournament. He would do he, the inaugural... He would do the inaugural first, thing. First drive. So... When Arnie passed, and before he had passed, who replaced him, I think it was Tom Watson. So it was yeah. Jack Nicholas, Gary Player, Tom Watson, or Arnold Palmer, depending on on the year or whatever it was. But not only was that the the most decorated man, major champion in the history of golf, one of the if not the greatest golfer that has ever lived. Yeah, that was also my first time ever seeing a hole in one in person. Oh yeah, and that was insane. I mean, there's so many people that are on their feet and are in awe the entire day for anyone that they see that they've never seen before. But then if you kind of just up it to, there are some past champions that are playing. There are um, people that we have seen on TV that um, we've never seen before in real life. But then above that, what Jack means to the game of golf, where we were, how close we were, and then for what actually happened is something that I'll never be able to forget. And being able to share that with my dad and, and, and you and, um, our other friend that was there um, is just like you said earlier is incredible. Well, I mean, he hits the hole in one, but then you know he's got to walk up and he's got to right. go to the green. Tears, people are crying. Yeah, it was it, that was that was unreal. So earlier in the day, of course, we were on the putting green. Yes, which is right over by kind of like the first tee, and um, 
I noticed a gentleman standing there. And I was looking at him, and I'm like, gosh, I think that's Niall from One Direction. And I was like, no, this can't be. This can't be. And One Direction was, of course, on all of our minds. Because just like two weeks before this happened, um, Zane left the band. He said, I'm done with One Direction. And Zane left. Zane left. So I'm like, huh. Um, Niles here. That's very interesting. And then I remembered, oh, Niles an Irish boy, Rory McIlroy, one of the greatest golfers in the world at the time, and still one of the best at the time. Um, he's an Irish Irish boy too. I remember that they were friends because I've seen them them like playing together and right. stuff. So we go to the par three tournament, and sure enough, when Rory's on the tee, who's caddying for him? Nile. 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 Um, and just to put this in context, like, Tiger's caddy that day was his two little kids, Sam and Charlie, and walking around with them was Lindsey Vaughn. You Who, know, his girlfriend at the time. Girlfriend at the time, gold medalist, uh, uh, Olympian, Olympian. For, for the United States of America skier. Of course. Um, so I see Nile up there, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And at that point, I kind of had the idea in my head. So they hit the ball, other people in their group hit the ball, and then um, they put out, I think Rory got a par. And even on this, you know, bogus par three tournament, means nothing. Right. He was upset that he got a par. He didn't right. get a birdie, you know. So he kind of picks the ball out of the out of the hole and just kind of goes, <sighs> and like looks up at the sky. All Everyone in the group is walking off the green. It's quiet. And I go, hey, Rory, does this mean you're going to fill in for Zane and One Direction? I have never been so, like, I don't think I can even laugh about it anymore because I was just, like, thinking about it, telling the story to our friends and our roommates when they got back. I was laughing. But in that moment, first off, my dad and our family friend had no clue so, who so they were. Let me, let me keep going because it was just a hushed tone right no one knew it was going to happen because so my whole thing was zane left the band right right uh niles caddying for rory that means rory's got to fill in for zane in one direction of course so that's why i said that but then when i said it there was a hush tone hushed because all the old geezers around us didn't know what one direction right. was who, who the heck zane was right let alone right nile the guy came right. back and then i looked at nile and nile had a look on his face that didn't look at me Look directly at Rory like, what is Rory going right. to do? Rory um, puts his head in the air and just starts laughing. Right. And that's the cue for Niall to start laughing. laughing. And the right. kid in One Direction, Niall, starts laughing hysterically right. as well. Right. And then everyone around us, all the people watching was like, what'd you say to him? What'd you say to him? So then I had to explain who One Direction right. was for that. And everyone thought it was great. But that's far and away one of the greatest moments of 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 my life just like um making making both of those those people laugh like right. those two you know superstars sort of laugh and um it's it's a, it's those things like we'll probably keep talking about it and all the experiences we have like it's incredible going to augusta national and the masters and all that but those little stories 
that we have. It's not the overall story of going. Right. It's the story of Jack hitting a hole in one. It's the story of me making Roy McElroy laugh and, and Niall from One Direction laugh. Of course. Um it's those those little those little stories. Pimento cheese sandwiches, you know, things like that. Those right. are the stories that we'll always remember and and, and that's kind of and the fun. legacy kind of behind the, the stories and the sandwiches. Connor from Prague behind the radio show. Right. Things like that. And, and I think it's crazy because now that I think about it, the Zane story is the one I love telling the most. The Jack Nicholas thing is just something that, like, so many bucket list things that we might have had on our list that day when get to walk around Amen Corner, get to... There's a bucket list, and then there's things you can't put on a bucket list. Right. How can you put seeing Jack hit a hole in one? You can't right. because you have no control right. over any of exactly. that. Exactly. Or, or me, you know, right. making a pop superstar laugh. I have no control over that. There's right. so many, there's so many uh, of things outside of, of my course. control. Of course. Apart from, you know, kidnapping a pop star and or, forcing him to laugh, <laughs> which, I mean, that was, you know, times three and four right. when I made a pop star right. laugh. Um we don't. We don't have to talk about those. That's no. uh, you. You aren't involved. I, for, I, I for legal uh, for reasons. Legal, well, thank God. Episode one. I don't want it to be the last. But I, I think there was so much history that went into that week. Jordan Spieth won the Masters in 2015 that year. I think his overall score for the weekend and, and um, the strokes that added up to his four round score. I think it tied Tiger's win in '97. It was Ben Crenshaw his last year playing. He um, had believe had won I think once or twice. He had one or two green jackets throughout his career. It was just a great day. Just a, and just it, and on top a for, fantastic from a personal day. thing, it was also you know we're winding down our college experience together. We only had a few more weeks left right. when, we, when we got back to school in right. Carolina um, th- after that day. So um, I think it was it was kind of the fir- the first big event. Um, um, well, that's not true. We had, we had other events on campus, but it was, it was a, an important memory because of the time of our lives right. uh, that we were in. Right. And, and like I said, before we kind of move on to the next like subject here, being able to share that with my dad and watch him go around and take photos of things that he'd watch year in and year out for so long, being a fan of the sport and being able to share that with you and him, um, was just something I'll never forget. So it was great. Yeah. Um, I know when when the the Masters ended, um, like many people who are, are fans of of certain things, um, you you get to go home and you get to watch it from home, and then being yeah. able just to say that we've been there and walked that and experienced it was just to kind of tie things together. That was just so special and something I'll never forget. So that was the that was at the end of our senior year of college. Like you said, I think we had like maybe like five or six weeks left of school. And that that whole time with us uh, in college together was coming to a close, but that was not really the the end of me being passionate about um, like pop culture, and it wasn't the end of us going together to like events that we still talk about to this day. Yeah. Will we ever forget what happened at Augusta? No, and and um, I'm so proud to have been able to have done that and experienced that, but. What I want to really talk about here um, for the, I guess, the remainder of episode one is um, we've been to a lot of movies. It's been great. We've had countless conversations about TV shows, SNL, so many things. It's great. But what I want to talk about um, are some of the concerts that we've been to, some of the people that we've been able to see, uh, and then maybe if you um, kind of like off the cuff, you're able to kind of rank maybe the best three uh, concerts or kind of... um, musical experiences, if you will, that we've kind of been to and able to experience 
together. Yeah, so top three rankings. Yes. Um, number one, the first time we saw Smash Mouth. Number two, the second time we saw Smash Mouth. Number three, um, probably B.O.B. B.O.B. Bobby Ray. Yeah. Being able to off the cuff. So B.O.B. He's got nothing on you personally. But what I want to say is we went to a great college that had um, – was able to offer us so much throughout the four years that we went there, but we also had... You're drawing this out too much, so I just have to say that that's not actually my top three. So continue with your bit, but I just have to save myself. I saw this this opportunity to talk about for like 45 seconds and lead it back into where I thought <laughs> we were going. It's too much. It's too much. It's that, it sounded like... Because we, we lost the listener. They probably weren't laughing anymore, you know? And that's nothing against you. That's on... That's That's... I got to look out for my brand. I can't have people out there thinking that I actually, that's my top three list. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, iPhones are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, but no. Um, we we went to uh, college where we have a fall and a spring concert. We saw so many people, but there's so many artists that you would think that you we would never really see that we kind of stumbled into them and so many great people that we've been fans of for so long. And and um, and we've seen people of across so many different genres. So, if you can think back to all of the the shows that we've been to, the concerts, experiences, um, what are some of the the musical guests, either solo artists or band, that kind of stand out to you? And and what are some of the um, shows and memories that you have? So from you know three to one of the the uh, concerts that we've been to together i would say number three just because based on his the name of this person alone would be paul mccartney right um that was that was a great concert um it was an interesting concert in the sense that um it was at the greensboro coliseum so like a gigantic arena sold out you know we were the youngest people there by and i'm gonna a conservative guest here you know 87 years we were we were the youngest right. people um it, it, incredible that the stamina of those other individuals watching the show greensboro coliseum the steps there steep dangerous feel like they're step and a half with right. each one you take right the, uh very short um step the themselves your your heels will hang over um, you don't so feel the, safe. You don't. Well, you know, I don't feel safe, so I don't know how these old old timers are gonna feel. You know, um, but it was the love revolution. It was a different time, so <laughs> you don't know what's going on with these. You people. are so right. So, so it was interesting in that regards, and then it was also interesting just to see the gamut of things that Paul McCartney was able to sing. You know, he sang Beatles songs. He sang Paul McCartney songs. He sang songs from Wings. You know. Um, it it just was very very cool and that's kind of a once in a lifetime i mean once in a human history kind of artist oh absolutely um so to be able to check that off and and for you and i to see him it was it was cool not too far away from 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 our college campus there too and it was halloween but i think it was a good it was a good way to celebrate halloween right and i think that um and I talked about this in episode zero, kind of like when it came to music, my dad, when he would drive me to and from school, um, he would, he just kind of put in like a Beatles record one day, like that, that red, 
um, album cover with, with the one with all the number ones. So all the way from Love Me Do all the way down to Long and Winding Road. There's just so many songs that I listened to for so long and then being able to go ahead and experience those songs live with the person who wrote the songs and was the reason that he kind of became a musician and popular to begin with and being able to kind of put that all together um, and overcome how we had to physically get to our seats was just some, an unforgettable experience. And then, you know... I'm sorry, it wasn't safe. It, and then there was the incident of where, um, you know, we were in a section and, and you decided to go get food, listen, get, get maybe a beer, listen, too. Listen, Connor, a man's got to eat. And um, I'm like, wow, it's taking him a little while. And then I, I notice him coming back. And his head is is down, fully down, because those steps are steep. This he's, is midway through the set, too, yeah. towards the end. I'd say he's got to watch his, he's got to watch where he's stepping. Um, so he uh starts walking up the stairs, and he is a full section away. And by section, I don't mean like, oh, he's on the wrong aisle. Like, oh, excuse me, sorry, I, I have to get through it. He is like. 35 seats away right and i'm just watching him because again has not picked his head up once (laughs) finally gets to our row again 35 seats away looks up looks at the person sitting there (laughs) does a double take and i'm just staring that lady's not connor i'm just staring him down (laughs) and he then looks up looks across and just makes eye contact with me and i'm just shaking my head you, you idiot. You dumb little boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And I think the crazy thing is, and I feel like this just makes me even look worse for not being aware of my surroundings. I'll and say I was scared when you turned around because I thought, ooh, that's going to be a tight turn <laughs> right. because of the steps. <laughs> the steps. The steps. Here's the horrible thing. Here's the horrible thing. I had been there three weeks prior yeah. for a sports management facility tour for a, cl- a, a class of mine in college in which there were no fans in the stands. There was nothing going on. I got a tour of the entire arena. All I had to do for any person that leaves their seats at any of event, know what section you're in, know what seat you're at. You were amped. You know, you there was were a amped. lot going on. There was a lot going on. There was a lot on. going on. Um, but it was a workout that I was not willing to participate in based on the surroundings. I didn't have a choice. So that was a great concert for those like little stories and just because it was Paul McCartney as well. Right. Um, I really, really enjoyed that one. My second one for us is kind of a cop-out. It's kind of a, ch- ch- I'm kind of cheating here, but I'm just going to say all of Bunbury. And Bunbury was this festival we went to in Cincinnati with, with several of our other friends. Um, it's a very cool festival. I've been to a number of big time festivals. Right. This was a smaller festival, but it still lasted three days. Um, it had four stages, like two main stages, two auxiliary stages. Right. Um, or maybe one auxiliary stage. I can't remember. There was two main stages and then I think one kind of like that amphitheater. side stage thing. So a lot of big time names, really cool area, like right on the water. I think it's the Ohio River. Um, and we went. And and we realized, hey, we can buy a VIP ticket to Bunbury for the same price as a normal ticket to Bonnaroo. Like General Mission. Or Lollapalooza. Right. So we're like, we might as well splurge. Yeah. Like, let's do it, which was awesome because the VIP ticket got us 
our own private bars we could go to, fully covered, tent area we could we could chillax in, free right. snacks, free like Coca-Colas and I think and stuff. Right. I down so many Coca-Colas on oh my yeah. gosh. Um discounts on 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 the booze. On the liquor. It was a buffet setup. We we were definitely we, we weren't setup. hungry. We were not hungry. No, 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 no. Plus, on each of the main stages, they had, um, um, like, uh, uh, what would you call it? Like, uh, uh, reserved viewing. Right. Right on the stage. Right. No one else was in front of us. It. We were right on the stage. We were right on the railing. It was awesome. And you know, a couple of the 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 cool acts that we got to see, um, it was great seeing. Uh, um, the Killers, one of my absolute favorites. It was great seeing uh, Florence and the Machine. Um, it was great seeing Ice Cube, mainly because I mean, you remember this, don't of you? Austin? I don't, there's no way I could possibly forget it. I mean, he came out and said, "Listen, something crazy is happening. The police are backstage. The Cincinnati Police Department is backstage, and they said, "Hey, Ice Cube." You can't play that song. That song is obviously F da police. And he came out and he said, They're back there. They're telling me I can't do this, but you know what? F them. And he played that song. What a fearless MC and an unforgettable. Again, never moment. never happened before. First time that has ever happened. Yes. I, I have not heard of it occurring since. Right. I think that says a lot about the Cincinnati Police Department. Um, they are protecting us, which, um, you know, uh, 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 which is interesting. But now but I am curious that was, to hear your opinion. If do you think he would do that at every concert, or was it just a Cincinnati thing? Oh, that was the only time that that had ever happened. Okay. Yeah, I think that that answers your question, right? <laughs> and we were there. We were there. Yeah, I don't know, you know, drawing hard lines that late in your career, it's interesting, but um, good for him. Great act. Great act. He brought his son out, O'Shea Jackson Jr. O'Shea Jackson Jr., star of the the hit um, film um, uh, uh, Funk Master Flash, right? No. No, 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 no. Sorry. They were no. in... Wait. No. Wait, wait, wait. They were in Wu-Tang Clan. You're ruining this. <laughs> no, I. What was great and and to see Ice Cube to be able to do some N, like NWA songs and to do some solo stuff and being able like for me growing up, like NWA was towards the end and it might have been might have been over by the time we were kind of born, but Ice Cube just being able to see him was great because I have seen so many movies of his. Are so there we was there so yet? much. I mean Friday. Friday. Next Friday. Friday after the other that. Ones. But no, I, I think like that weekend and, and what I love kind of like, like about music um, as a whole is like for me specifically, like if I, if you were to click like shuffle, like on my iPad or, or my iPod or my, my phone and be so many Are different. you still listening to music on your iPad? Sometimes. Or in your iPod? If I'm on a plane, I have an iPad and I have like 20 songs on <laughs> it and it's crazy. What, what are, what songs are they? It's like a Nirvana album. Okay. And then... Which Nirvana album? An undisclosed One Direction song. Okay. Can I guess? And then Shania Twain's Greatest Hits. No. Oh, Shania Twain's Greatest Hits. That's that's good. No comment on that. But 
No, the Nirvana album was like the Bleach. No, like the greatest hits, I guess. Oh, whatever. Okay. But about like Bunbury and like the Killers in Florence, I had seen when we went to Bunbury, which is the first week of June, um, every every year in in Cincinnati. I had seen Florence three weeks prior to Amway, and she was great. And so right. being able to see her again, kind of a little, kind of a little bit of a different set, was was awesome as well. Um, but the Killers was a band that I had listened to off and on throughout my life, but it was a band that you had already seen prior, and you said, "Austin, you're you're gonna love it. You, you're not like mm-hmm. you are going to love. They're so good live." And and you to like you compared to what my experience was now living through that, you completely like undersold it. So if anyone, if they're ever on tour and people are like, "What music you're listening to?" or like, "What shows have you been to?" or "What shows do you want to go to?" I the Killers are always on that list of bands that I want to tell people, you got to see them live. If you like them at all, you got to see them live. You know, everyone knows Mr. Brightside, obviously, and, and somebody told me. And, and um, Brandon Flowers, the, the frontman for The Killers, is incredible, like an incredible onstage uh, presence. And right. the drummer, Ronnie, is 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 great Kills it. as well. Um, they're a band that I would encourage anyone to go see because I think that you know a lot more of their songs than you think you do. Sure. Um, and it's just a great concert. I've seen them at two festivals and in an arena um, setting. They've been phenomenal at all three of them. Um, and they're they're definitely high on my list to see again. Um, and I really, really like them. But some other notable things. I loved seeing Haim. I didn't know too much about them. Um, when we saw them at Bunbury, but they're incredible. Um, they're one of my favorites now. I, I listen to everything they come out with. I love everything they come out with. And they open for the Killers. Those girls are great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those sisters can rock. Um, interesting ones that we saw, like the first concert of the day in that auxiliary stage, like that amphitheater, was was this um, like DJ group called Lewis the Child no idea who they were right um i think they had like a 15 minute set there was like 20 people that were in like all at teens that stage. all teens right a lot of teens at that concert um so i knew something was up soundcloud something like that you know what i mean title right all that stuff um they uh uh is title still exist yeah do you still have a subscription uh no okay That's and cool. i was never charged okay Thank you, Kanye. Oh, yeah. Well, Fantastic, man. I don't know if we need to thank him for anything. So, flash forward five years, Louis the Child, gigantic act. Like, oh, collaborating with and producing songs for... So many. Big, big-time individuals. Right. So, that was really cool. And then one of the other days, one of the first acts on the main stage, no one around, um, this band comes out and these people are setting up their instruments like right. drums, guitars, tuning them all. Right. And I'm like, Oh wow, this is kind of taking long. And then they go, the roadies leave. And then the, the songs start, start playing and the roadies come back out. Turns out the roadies were the band themselves. And it yeah. was, it was Laney. Right. So these guys were so young into their career. Right. That I remember the guy, the lead singer, standing on the Paul, stage, right, like pointing up and then pointing down, like turn the volume up, turn the volume down, like setting up their ro- their like being their own roadies because it was it was so new, and so that was really cool to see because they kept thanking everyone like 
we've never played for for an audience this big. This is awesome. Thanks so much. And then that's another group that, you know, five years later, they've had a number of, of songs. They're getting bigger and bigger. You're seeing them in, like, commercials. You're seeing them on the radio more and more. Right. So it's kind of cool. I always like that with festivals because you never know the act that you're seeing. You never know where they're going to be in the next few years. And Laney was kind of like that for us. Right. And, and I think the good thing about Laney is, and like you said earlier, it was kind of like like luck of the draw for us. Like Laney was one of the first bands that played at that main stage where Florence was going to headline the closing later set of the show later yeah. that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after Laney was Grimes. I do not recommend. <laughs> um, and then of Monster and Men, which they were good, they weren't bad, they were great. Yeah. And then they were the band before Florence. So, but for Laney, a band that I knew and no idea who they were, had no idea that after that moment and that thirty minutes or so that they played for was a band that I would say I listened to, not only all the time, but as a band that I show to friends of mine that are trying to find the new band to kind of get into and be like, hey, check out this band Laney. And I tell them the story of Bunbury, how they, it was three guys, they set up their own set, and at the and, and before they started, they were like, hey guys, we just finished setting up, my name is Paul, our, my, our drummer's name is Jake, and our keyboard and guitarist is Les, we just finished setting up, we're going to go go off stage and we're going to come right back, we're going to play music for about 30 minutes, uh, we're Laney, and we'll be right back. And that's what it was, and they, they set up their stage, and they cleaned up their stuff when they went. And then just bands like that, like being able to go to a festival that, and any festival that I'm sure I'll go to in the future, but that was the only one I've ever been to in my life where there were bands that were the reason why I bought my ticket to go. Mm-hmm. And then there were bands that I had no idea who they were that I just listened to based on just kind of being at a certain place to have a good position for a show later in that day. Yeah. And there's so many like bands and songs, whether it was a someone who was solo or someone that is like a band that we saw at Bunbury that I still listen to to this day. So Laney, who's about to, is about to drop a new album, if they ever, if they come back to Orlando on this touring cycle or if they hit Tampa or something, that would be the fifth time that I've seen them. So the fourth time since Bunbury. But I want to talk about real quick something that I know you're passionate about when it comes to Laney. Mm. And it's not the drummer, the lead singer, or the, gu- the guitarist or the keyboard, Jake Lesser Paul. Um, it was someone that was taking photos that day and as a quick story before we get uh and talk about kind of who you would say are the favorite person or the most memorable performance we've seen and i think i know who it is but let's talk about the end of laney real quick before we move on to the next yeah so when we talk about like going to these things i keep mentioning like those little stories that we that we really like right this is definitely one of them but another one from bunbury is when we were watching the killers we turn around on like the last few songs. Right. And standing directly behind us is the lead singer of Walk the Moon. Right. Shut Up and Dance, which is a Cincinnati-based band. Right. And he, that was really cool just to see him because he was vibing. He was dancing all around, singing everything. You could tell he like looked up to Brandon Flowers. Oh, big time. As, as, as a front man for his band. And then once that, once the killers were done, he had a hoodie. He, he put the hoodie on, zipped it up, it and he was gone. So that was really, really cool to see. But when it comes to Laney, it was, again, such an unusual kind of experience because they came out, set up their instruments, went back, threw some, some water on their face, came back out, and started playing. And then all of a sudden you're like, 
what is this guy? This photographer must have taken, uh, I'm going to say, a million photos. Right. A million photos. He was everywhere. He was walking in front of the lead singer. Like, it, it was the strangest thing. Right. And let me just paint you a picture of this man. Uh, it is a thousand degrees out, and, and you know I don't like to use hyperbole. It was a thousand degrees out. Right. He is standing on stage, a hot stage, baking in the sun. The stage is all black. He's wearing a Canadian tuxedo, jean jacket, jean shirt, jeans, and Converse Chuck Taylor All-Stars. Backpack, full backpack on, big camera, walking around. Could not have been a day older than than, than 17 years old. And, and a total almost famous situation, right. Cameron Crowe. right. Yeah, go. I guess go yeah. go out with a band on yeah, tour. Sure. And halfway through, and I'm like, "What the heck is this, guys?" And the lead singer of Laney was just like, "Hey, by the way, this is our photographer, John Duncan," and says the full name. I'm like, "What?" Right. And he gives the most awkward wave to the audience, like, "Hi, happy to be here." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, sick." And um. It was just great to see John Duncan living his dream. And I think because we, like you said earlier, like the VIP ticket was essentially the same price as like a general admission ticket to any of the other big, big festivals. So, and I know that you've been to Firefly. So like being able to go to other festivals like that on like a smaller scale and still have a good time is great. But like the, we would see photographers before at like the first one, two, maybe three songs doing like into a set, and then they had to leave. They couldn't say the so, whole time. So, so this is the this is the story. Okay. With that, our friend who's going to be on 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 uh, an upcoming episode, yes. he knew one of the photographers for the newspaper. So, yes. We, so where we were situated, right in front of us, was a little bit of a buffer, mm-hmm. and then it was the stage. The buffer area was where security was. Okay. But for the first. I think it was the first two songs of every artist photographers. If you had a photography pass, if you were a freelancer, if you were working for the Cincinnati Enquirer or whatever, right. You were able to go in there and take pictures of the band that was playing after two songs. You had to leave. You had to leave. Those were the people that were freelance photographers that had bought that ticket, that had come in on a media pass. John Duncan was hired by Laney and right. was their touring photographer. Right. So he could go wherever the band could go. And my God, did he go there. He, from being in the sun, and that was the first band we had saw seen that day. Yeah, I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Oh, it's hot, hot for me. I'm from, I'm from Florida. The humidity for me alone is something yeah. that I've had to deal with my entire life. It's too hot to be wearing that stuff outside. You got to wonder what his blood temperature is, if he's cold-blooded or something like that. He was rocking the heck out of that jean jacket. And and, and I think, like, when, when it comes to live on set and we're having a great conversation, we've had some hot takes, some opinions, some great stories. Oh, yeah. I have seen Laney three other times since that day. So since the first week of June in, in 2016. Connor, I have not seen John Duncan since. I mean, I've been we, to a we, lot of different shows at the not the biggest of venues, and I've mm-hmm. I, I taken I taken all of it. We hope he's doing well. I mean, I hope he's okay. I hope he's all right. Um, however, if he I don't want to get too aggressive, if he were to wear that wear that attire, uh huh, at a majority of their shows, uh huh, indoor or outdoor, it's got to add up. 
Oh, I don't think he's taken off that outfit since that day. Aggressive. Um, we it's wish him the best. I think the moral of the Bunbury story is do not see Grimes in concert. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really the moral of it. Some of it was cool. Some of it I wasn't ready for yet. But I mean, she Some still makes music cool. to this day. Yeah, he, she also makes babies with symbols instead of letters for names and right, right, things right. like that. So anyways, um, number one, the number one artist that we've seen together in concert was one that was kind of a long time coming. It was very much... Um, for Bunbury, that was a festival we went to with a bunch of friends. Paul McCartney was kind of something that, that just fell into our laps. Right. Uh, uh, which was great. You can't say no to Paul McCartney. The Bunbury thing was, was just also a big time trip for us and friends as it was a musical experience. Right. This number one artist that we see together was something we had wanted to do for a while. And it was something that we both didn't realize we were both fans of this person uh, until one day I think I was on the phone with you and I just started humming um, and singing one of their songs um, just like out of the blue because the way my mind works is if you say a word and or a phrase and that phrase isn't a song I immediately start singing the song um, I don't know what possible phrase you could I don't want to say any kind of phrase that it could have been right but this person we'd wanted to see for a while and we finally got the opportunity um, almost a year ago now uh, to see Post Malone in concert. And it was fantastic. Post Malone was kind of like, when he first came out with like, congratulations, I was like, oh my God, what is this? What is this creature? <laughs> and then on like Spotify, a random, random one of his songs came on. And I was like, oh, this sounds pretty good. And then I was like, oh, this is Post Malone? Oh. So I started looking into more of his songs. Right. And with each song I listened to, I, I liked it more and more and more. And then right. I started to uh, watch him in interviews. And you're like, wow, he seems like a good guy. Right. Beyond, you know, his crazy tattoos, which he admits to are crazy. Right. Um, and his demeanor and stuff like that. He just seems super, super nice. Um. So seeing that him with you in Jacksonville, Florida, at Vistar Memorial, yes. Vistar Credit Union. No, uh, I think it was Vistar Memorial. It's worth. It's a credit arena. union. It's. It's. I mean, it could be whatever it wants to be. I guess. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not true. really sure. And I know that's where they had some of the UFC stuff early on in the in the pandemic. Oh, that's right. So, but, so he was cool because it was just him. There was, there's no one else on stage. Right. There's no band. There's no DJ. It's post on a very cool stage that he has set up. Um, and that man just gives you 110%. Like by the end of his uh, uh, concerts, you just see like he is drained. Like he's he has given you everything, everything he's got. Yeah. Um, sweaty, uh, tired, but just like. S- just an awesome and awesome experience and it was really really cool to see that just because we'd wanted to do it for so long right. and we finally got the opportunity to right. so that was really cool to be able to do that so when i worked at the arena i had seen post once per once before but he only had like white iverson out and a couple other things and he opened up for justin bieber for justin bieber for the um i think it was like the purpose tour so um that record that had um like sorry and mark my words that right and um, everything you want. what do you mean all that stuff like everything so like that record that 
Bieber did that big arena tour for, Post Malone opened for him. And he was what an opening act, and which was just great. Like that, that, that ticket, like that one-two punch there. I mean, that's just what a show. But for me, Post Malone, Austin Richard Post, however you want to kind of approach him, really, Mm -hmm. just so intense. Yeah, and I think on stage, on stage, and 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 off stage, the interviews, he's hysterical. I would love to see him host SNL. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think he could do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so many people that have done it that are like, have been musicians and musical guests, or excuse me, have been hosts and musical guests on SNL yeah. that have done the double duty thing, and then some people that have since who did double duty that have only just either hosted or done musical guests. People the past couple of years who have done it, Halsey has done it, Harry Styles has done it, and then JT is a five timer. There's so many people that have done it. Taylor Swift, Bruno, Taylor Smith, uh, Taylor Swift, Taylor Lady Smith. Gaga. <laughs> There's Lady just, Gaga hosted Saturday uh, Night Live. Of course. Um, Adam Levine, I believe, has hosted. Um, like there's just been so many people out there. I think Post could definitely do it. Um, yeah, that I think would be cool. I think he's hysterical. That would be cool. Um, but I think like when it goes back to Post is he has so many kind of like inspirations behind his his music. And I, and I know that with his most recent album, like Hollywood Bleeding, that album that album as a whole, I think is a lot different than the albums that came before it. So um, Stoney and, and Beer Bongs and Bentleys are completely. Um, he's evolving with each album that he does, and I think his fan base is getting bigger um, with each album and each project that he kind of puts out there. But I think what's kind of really cool for us here is like going through this pandemic, this COVID time. That um, as time is as time has gone on, we kind of are redefining what our like our normal is. And there's been so many cool things that have kind of happened for us to kind of take our mind off of things. And um, a band that you kind of got me into that I know was a band that you were a fan of growing up was Nirvana and. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a great unplugged album and just a whole list of songs and albums that Nirvana is just top to bottom is one of the most revolutionary bands ever. And um, I credit you to you kind of showing me that band and me getting into them as well. But Post Malone is also a big Nirvana fan. Yeah. And he did a project with um, Travis Barker, who over the pandemic with Travis Barker, who's the drummer of Blink-182, and then some other guys that um, I think are in kind of Post Malone's kind of uh, camp of, of, of friends and production. And, they did a whole set of Nirvana songs. Yeah. And I just, what I kind of learned from that set, that, that Nirvana set that he did, where it was none of his music, all Nirvana songs, and then also kind of putting that together because that Nirvana set would have been post yeah. us seeing him in Jacksonville. He is capable of so much, and I feel like with his music... He can play like the like the delicate songs, and he can do the big stadium songs and, and things like that. And I think what um, I would love to see if if he is not someone that would be able to host SNL or or maybe perform on there um, th- this season or in the future, I would love to see if him to do like a an unplugged. That'd be cool. That'd, That'd be, be really very cool, right? cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's very 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 talented and and. His genre is Post Malone. It's not rap. It's not rock. It's not pop. It's all of those. Each right. song is very different, which right. I think is very, very, very unique in today's day and age. And he does, it always kind of seems like he's always doing 
He what just he does wants. whatever he wants. And like I know that he has a partnership with Bud Light, so with like these small like dive bar sh- Bud shows. Bud Light dive bar, yeah. And then the Vice Star, because I I think I looked back, it was towards the end of that first leg. That was the smallest mm. arena that he played the entire tour. So like where we, when I worked at Amway and I would see all these shows, if it was a center stage, like when I had like for Jay-Z and Bad Bunny and Mark Anthony a couple of times, there were no obstructions. There was, you could sit anywhere. There was seats all the way around. Post, it wasn't end stage. It was a stage that I had never seen before, but it was something that he's selling out these massive places. He sold out Cowboy Stadium for his hometown Posty Fest. Like, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do next when they get past yeah. COVID. Yeah. And it would not surprise me, another hot take, he could do stadiums. Oh, interesting. Yes, I, I, really, I really think he has the music behind it. He has the fan base. And I think that um, the fan base and the following, I just think that he... Um, he he could do stadiums. That'd be cool. I'd love to see him, you know, in that just because I think he's a he's a cool guy. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I that concert was a lot of fun. And then, you know, also being in Jacksonville, just there are no rules in that city. <laughs> I mean, we went to like a brewery that's like a block away from the stadium and I was like, Hey, um Sir. Why are all these people like I asked the bartender, I'm like, why yeah. are all these people like taking their beers and just like walking out on the sidewalk and just leaving he's like oh like in jacksonville anytime there's an event going on downtown you can have an open container right and i was like uh okay yeah and then i was like what do you mean an event he's like well if something goes on at vistar so if there's a concert he's like or the baseball stadium or that outdoor amphitheater or the thing over there i'm like so there's like an event every night he's like pretty much yeah yeah and then the golf carts that are everywhere that are like they're quote unquote free to use, but you just tip them. Right. So we walked to the stadium from our hotel and then for the show. For the show. Right. And then back you were having none of that. So you flagged down one of the one of the, the golf carts. And it was great because the golf cart was like weaving in and out of traffic. Oh, yeah. Like there were no rules. There were no well, rules. No, there's one rule. Oh there's one rule. Right. We gave him a twenty and he was ecstatic about that. And, yeah. And and that was a lot of fun. Right. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, it, it was crazy because I know that when we left um, the show, we were going back. I was like, "This Connor, I'm not walking back. This is not happening. We got to figure something out. And there was this family that looked like, like a like group of- Like teenage girls and their mom. And their moms. Like and their chap- mom, chaperoning. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And they, one of the girls was had had it. Like it was over. Like she was- furious Cranky. and she and she did not want to wait any longer she wanted to be in a car that was moving to their destination to yeah. get them back where they were yeah. going go home or wherever they were going and so this guy had stopped him and was like hey you need a ride and the girl was like yes can you take guy, us home guy in the golf cart the guy in the golf cart sorry yeah. he's like yeah like can you take us home like where are you going and it was like 20 miles or whatever no dude they had gotten in the golf cart they were seated in the golf cart yeah and they, they basically were like take us to the suburbs yeah. Like, and the guy was like, uh, no. no. Yeah. First off. Right. Yeah. Right. And then kicked her out. Yeah. And then you like, oh, sir. <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll take you. Uh, you sir, can see please, our hotel. Please, please, hotel. please take us back, please. And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Like, I'll take you. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> right, right to the hotel. Yeah. 
hopefully those, that family is okay. But yeah, but what a what but what a show and, and what like and there's so many other bands and people that we've seen so like. Um, like in college, we saw J. Cole, we saw Calvin Harris. It might not have been Calvin Harris, but I don't we were told it was Calvin Harris. And um, seen so many shows, like country, things like that. And then going back to kind of bring it back to like Disney as well. Yeah. And I know how passionate you are about the parks and Disney as a whole, but just trips on that we've gone with our friends from college or when you were there working that I went out and it would I would kind of see you, see you after work and things like that, for like the Epcot Food and Wine Fest and mm-hmm. see those shows. Um was totally okay if Smash Mouth was your, your number one and your number two. Sure. Totally yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. Kind of just some tracks that were just huge and influential to our generation growing up that they um, created for, for the world to hear, which is great. But a lot of other bands that um, I might have listened to that my parents would have shown me or just um, bands that you would normally not be able to either see on tour because they weren't coming to your city or let's um, be honest the bands that play yeah at the epcot festivals uh, when the festivals are in full gear whether it's food and wine or flower and garden um the bands that are playing there are bands you'd like to see in concert but you don't want to pay a ticket to see that's what i was trying to they play at, at the epcot things they play 30 minute sets so they play like five songs right which is perfect because that's all you need to hear from Sugar Ray, right. you know. <laughs> right. Uh, right. You just want to hear their their song. I heard right. a dirty rumor that they play three thirty minute sets every night. Right. So it's like five thirty, six thirty, seven thirty, something like that. Right. You know, whatever. It, or it's like five thirty, seven and eight. I think that yeah. that's 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 how it works. Hanson plays, Mbop. We saw them in the parks once. Right. Getting off Kilimanjaro safaris. Yes. Um, I heard a rumor that they only played Mbop during one of their sets. Oh, my God. Which, know your audience. Imagine. Understand why you're here. <laughs> they also sold a beer at Epcot. Like, they have a brewery. Their beer is called Hops. If you name a beer after Mbop, and then you only play that song once i'm sorry you should be kicked out of the park <laughs> i mean it, it's crazy because like we've definitely seen hansen we've seen smash mouth sugar ray boys to men there's there's got to be i feel like I'm, i might be missing did someone. you see the guess who with me maybe um i'm trying to think of who have else you was seen there? Thirty Eight Special has you, been there. Yeah, have you seen Sugar Ray? I've seen Sugar Ray. I've seen Smash Smash Mouth twice. Did you see Simple Plan? Maybe. Oh, that was a, that was a good one. Maybe. Yeah. Now. It's always so great Wilson walking Phillips, in. Wilson Phillips, maybe. Oh, oh, I have a story about Wilson yeah, Phillips. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they. Uh, so when I was a cast member, um, working at Yacht and Beach Club, which is a right. hotel. The bands that were playing in Epcot Food and Wine or whatever, um, they would always get put in like a very nice hotel room. Right. Most of them were at the Grand Floridian, but s- many of them were at uh, 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 the Yacht and Beach Club because it was it was the back door of Epcot, so right. they could quickly get to where they needed uh, to be. where they needed to be, and they could quickly get driven there and stuff. So my I'm working with my one 
ca- uh, co-worker and one other cast member. We're working at the front desk where we check people in and out. And my one coworker is just, he's a scream. <laughs> and starts talking to this one lady, and she's like, oh, yeah, they're coming right now. So this one lady was the manager of Wilson Phillips. So, you know, I mean, Whoa. you know, Brian Wilson, like their daughters, stuff, stuff like that. Right. So um, I can't remember who came up first, but then Carney Wilson came up, and they are all there, and they're all very, very nice, but... My one coworker jumps from behind the desk, <laughs> pulls out his phone, like has done three things you're not supposed to do, and right. starts taking selfies with them. And oh selfies aren't enough. He's right. like, could you actually do a video with me? I'll speak Spanish and you speak English. And she's like, I speak Spanish. And like, we're going to do a video where we're speaking Spanish together. Selfie video. And I'm just standing there like, what is going on? Do you want extra pillows or <laughs> a late checkout? I can right. accommodate that right, for you. Right, right, right. So those things working at Disney were always cool to see. Um, um, when it came to like Candlelight Processional, which is like a celebrity narrator, narrator saying the, the the story of Christmas, which right. happens at Epcot during Christmas time. Right. I saw Blair Underwood. Ooh. I checked in on a gas dyer. Yes. I walked her to her room. Whoa. So nice. Very nice. Nice. Um, her son was, he was funny. We were talking about like hidden Mickeys and stuff. Um, uh, uh, Luke Evans was there. Yes. A funny story about Luke Evans, uh, Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, the mm-hmm. live action, a uh, number of other things. Um, one of my coworkers told them, checked in Luke Evans and went to the manager and was like, oh my gosh, Luke Evans, that guy was so totally hitting on me. And this was a girl. And the manager said, that's weird. And she goes, why? He's like, well, you just checked him and his partner in. So I don't think he was actually hitting on Right. Him. And she was devastated. Right. Um, but that was always cool. But uh, we, we just got super off topic. But those are, the Epcot things are fun just because it's kind of like you're walking through the park and you're like, uh, simple plan. Right. And you just stop and watch. <laughs> bow wow men right it's <laughs> who let the dogs out right it, it, it it's crazy because like we talked about like the those three with paul mccartney and then bunbury and like the killers and all that stuff that we saw those weekend like those bands and and, and post as which was a great experience as well but what i love is to kind of like tie things together here to to end episode one is if you can get up at the bar down the street from where you live and play at happy hour. And you can get up and do stand up in front of two people or 200 people or whatever, perform, whatever. Mm -hmm. I have such an appreciation and respect for anyone that can get up and and perform or do anything in front of a large group of people. And I've developed that and it's gotten um, the respect and, and appreciation has just gotten, it's more and more each time I'm able to either work a concert or go to a show or, or, or see, um, something that I really have never seen before or or even if it's something that I've seen just many times and and stories like what we talked about today and the hot takes the opinions and the things that we got to share together um either when we were in college or or or, or post college is kind of what I'm trying to do here with um the podcast and and each week when I have someone on be able to kind of tell those stories and um look back on the memories we've had and maybe make some predictions for the future. So I'd love to see Post Malone in a stadium. I, I would love to be able to um, 
talk to anyone else that has maybe been to um, uh, a sporting event where they saw a hole-in-one or they've seen people before that they've seen on TV and they thought they would never see them in real life and things like that. And and I can't wait to be able to go to a movie theater soon. I can't wait to be able to go to a concert again, things like that. And um, If you have seen John Duncan, if you know his whereabouts, oh, we'd love to have you on the show. Breaking news, live on set. Follow me on Instagram at live on set pod on the gram or at underscore Austin Emily underscore Shameless Instagram plug. to get all your Shameless updates when it comes plug. to live on set. Shameless but also, plug. if anyone knows the whereabouts about John Duncan, please contact his send parents. Send me a DM. Add me on add me on the gram. Let me know so I can not only tell Connor but um, that's it. See see how he's doing. Oh I mean, yeah, I guess. I sure mean, sure sure. Too hot to be walking around in clothes like that. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. But that's. Every th- everything about this episode has been great, and this is what I want the podcast to be each week. And I wanted to start with you. We had the radio show in college. There's so many stories we've had throughout our time meeting and becoming friends when we were in college and, and, and the, the memories that we've had with um, our, our friends since then. So um, anything you want to add, anything about WDW Opinion that the podcast community and the world can be looking out for coming soon? Yeah, I, I'd love for everyone to uh, listen to WDW Opinion. Who doesn't? It's, you know podcast all about Walt Disney World. I share my Disney World opinions um, every single week. My opinions I have just going to the parks for my entire life. My opinions I have as a cast member. Um, and then I share other opinions as well for, through uh, through guests and, and, and things like that. Austin's been on the podcast before. Um, a lot of other great people have been on the podcast. You'll talk to Hank, his co-host. Um, and uh, uh, um, coming up, we have episode 100. And the next few weeks, we got a lot of fun things planned for that. Um, but, you know, we have a treasure trove of other great podcast episodes. Um, to learn more about that, you can go to WDWOpinion.com or you can search for WDW Opinion in whatever podcasting catcher or app that you listen to. And, of course, we're at WDW Opinion on all the social medias. We're big on TikTok. So if you're a TikToker, follow us on TikTok. But I just want to say thank you, Austin, for having me on episode one. It really um, it is awesome, and I'm, I'm very grateful that you had me on episode one. And I, I love you know hearing that WDW Opinion in a way inspired you to do this um, because I think you are a great storyteller. And you have a great idea, you know, when you talk about pop culture, when you talk about movies and films, um, it, it means something to you. You understand it and things like that. And from this whole idea of taking people that you know and you care about and inviting them on to discuss how pop culture has affected their lives about how a movie or a film or a sporting event has has kind of stuck with them. I think that that's a really, really, really cool idea. And I'm really excited to see where it goes um, because I know you're 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 passionate about it, and I know you're a great storyteller in that regard. So I'm excited to see where Live On Set takes you into the future. It's been great having this conversation, and I'd love to, you know, come on and talk some more about John Duncan, about my other celebrity sightings in Walt Disney World. There's a lot of them. Um, we could talk about. Um, that's pretty much it. That's all I really bring to the table. Uh, great words from a great friend, and I'm very excited about WDW Opinion, almost 100 episodes, very much an inspiration. But that is going to uh, do it for Connor and I today. That's going to do it for episode one 
of Live On Set, your new film, music, sports, television, your pop culture podcast, Live On Set, is the podcast for you. Um, had a great conversation here with Connor today. I cannot wait to be back for episode two with one of my other best friends, uh, Hank, who is Connor's uh, co-host on WDW Opinion. But that's going to do it for us today. Please, like I said earlier, follow us at Live On Set Pod on Instagram or at underscore Austin Emily underscore on Instagram. And that is my personal account. Those are the two Instagram accounts that are going to be talking about and pushing out that content each week, giving you updates about the podcast, what's coming next, who's going to be on the show, things like that. So like I said, that does it for episode one. I hope you guys had a great time. Thank you for listening to episode zero. Thank you for listening today. And we will see you next week for episode two with Hank. Have a great, have a great week, guys. Much love. Be safe.